Here we go. Hello, I'm Lise Wilcox, and you're listening to To Call Myself Beloved, the podcast with Lise Wilcox. This is the place to be to find clarity in what you want, confidence in who you are, and the courage to stay true to both. Another day, another podcast. Hello, lovely, and welcome back to the show. This is To Call Myself Beloved, the podcast with Lise Wilcox, and I'm super happy that you're here joining me today. Thank you so much. Um, You have probably noticed in the social media world that we are starting to to change the conversation about how we view our bodies. It is fantastic. There has been so much movement, I think, in the area of body positivity. Um, I'm sure you already follow my friend Sarah Nicole Landry, who is the bird's papaya on Instagram. Uh, And if you don't, you really need to. Um, The best thing about Sarah is, and I I met her on a plane on our way home from Austin, Texas. She is the real deal. I've been on her podcast. I'm episode nine on her podcast. If you want to go give that a listen at the papaya podcast. Um, The best thing about Sarah and the work that she's doing is that she is normalizing what a woman's body looks like. You know, we, no matter where you grew up, how you grew up, what your cultural messaging has been in this context, um, it's amazing to me the, uh, like the lack of access we have to what women's bodies look like. You know, a friend of mine uh, works in skincare, and I remember her telling me a number of years ago that there was a brand, um, I don't know if I can say the name, I'm not going to say the name, there was a very well-known skincare brand that was marketing a new anti-cellulite cream, and they had to pull their advertising campaign because they got busted for using a 12-year-old's ass in their photo campaign. Like, come on. First of all, they're selling a product for anti-cellulite. There's like no such thing as cellulite. It's just skin. Like our skin just looks like that. Like sometimes it's just dimpled. Kids have it. Like little kids have it who are fit and healthy, et cetera, et cetera. They have cellulite. It's just what our skin looks like. So they're selling this bogus product to treat a problem that is not even a real thing. And they're using a 12-year-old butt in the photo to make it just an unattainable goal and and um, an end game. It's just terrible. Anyway, so excuse that diatribe. We have very, very little access to what a woman's body looks like because we are taught, I think, in some bizarre, like really distorted way. We are taught to only believe the images around us rather than the reality around us, right? And what I mean by that, there's like this phenomenon that if there's some kind of natural disaster happening, you could be watching like a car crash happening right outside your office building and chances are you will find it a more reliable source of information to turn on your TV or your screen, your internet connection, whatever, to go and watch a secondary source and watch it being fed back to you than to go into the actual scene. I think this is true with our bodies. You know, we interact with human beings every single day. And yet, then we see what curves look like, what wrinkles look like, what gray hair looks like, what dimples look like, what, you know, differently abled bodies 
look like and how they move, et cetera, the, what, what the jiggle is in our step. We see that every day around us, and yet we are still putting this insane pressure on ourselves that comes from like a deep place of self-hatred to ascribe to some bizarre image that we've seen in a magazine, on a billboard, on an, on an Instagram post, whatever. If you scratch the surface just a teeny tiny bit, and I thought that we were going to like end this crap when the, when Dove did their epic campaign a few years ago. Um, if you haven't seen this, like take a minute to look it up on YouTube. It's fantastic. It's when the girl uh, is like wearing no makeup, her hair is totally not done. She's wearing jeans and a t-shirt, and she walks into a photo shoot, and they and they um, uh, like fast forward time. What's that? What's that called? They like hyper time the uh, the transformation process, and they show what it's like to get her makeup done and her hair done. Then they go through the editing process that they use post photo shoot, and how they actually remove parts of her body and stretch out her neck and add shadows to her cheek. Like the images that we see around us are not real. When are people going to wake up and accept that as false? I don't get it. It's like, it comes from this weird place of, as I say, like intense self-hatred that we just keep filling and fueling over and over again. And long-winded point, my friend Sarah is just taking massive strides in constantly showing what a woman's body looks like with dimples, with pockmarks, with scars, with rolls, with curves. And it's just so refreshing. And I want to pick up on that because I talk about body positivity a lot as part of my content online at Lise Wilcox and LiseWilcox.ca. But I don't talk about weight loss. I don't talk about diet culture. I don't talk about like about weight or numbers in the scale because none of that matters to me. Like really and truly, I don't even think that body positivity is a conversation about health or weight or scales. I don't think it's a conversation about that at all. Where I'm coming from with respect to body positivity is self-acceptance. To radically accept yourself exactly as you are because you believe that you are worthy and you alone are enough. And that feels so good. And I've shared this story before, but just to reiterate, um, when I had a breast cancer diagnosis, um, that was its own thing. The second part of the breast cancer diagnosis is the diagnosis of treatment, like the prescription of what treatment is going to look like. And I got to tell you, I've, I've, I've told you before that I really don't like saying that I'm a single woman. I really believe that I am a wife. I just haven't met my husband yet. Or maybe I've met him and we're just not together yet. Maybe I've met him already and he's just got to work his way back to me. Who knows? In, in any case, currently I am an unmarried wife. Let's say that. And when I got this um, treatment diagnosis that I was going to require chemotherapy and then a double mastectomy, this hit me in a really hard way. And anytime you have a negative feeling, you have to question it, right? Anytime you feel intense fear or intense anger or intense rejection, any, any of those really intense, dark, shadowy feelings, they are always more than what they seem. They are always an invitation to go deeper 
with this beautiful flashlight and shine the light on your darkest, most shadowed places. Turn on that light, figure out what the hell is going on and allow yourself to heal it. It's always easier to say in retrospect and at the time, yeah, it sucks and you still have to do it if you want to keep evolving as the wonderful person that you are and keep growing into the person that your soul really wants you to be. So for me, when I found out that I was going to lose my hair and then when I was going to lose my breasts, I was I was a wreck. I was so afraid and I remember thinking like you know, despite my relentless positivity and my relentless optimism, I remember consciously hearing this voice in my head that was something like this. Well, now what are you going to do? You couldn't manage to find a man when you had long, wavy hair, blonde hair, naturally, and double D tits. So what the hell are you going to do when you're fat and bald? I guess nobody's going to love you after all. That was not an awesome conversation to have with myself. And still, I'm glad I had it. Because that, right there, encapsulated my deepest, darkest fear. Like something that I was so afraid of, I wasn't even able to feel it because it was too effing scary to feel. So when I had these intense feelings of like, holy shit, I'm going to be bald. Holy shit, I'm going to lose my breasts. And I chose to go flat because for me, that was just a much better choice for so many reasons that we're going to address a couple of them here today. Um, It was just such a better choice for me. But still, I had to wrap my head around the fact that I was going to lose my hair and I was going to lose my breasts. And as I said, the real fear for me was that I somewhere deep, dark in my subconscious patterning and programming, I was convinced and I truly believed that I, my worthiness and my lovability was somehow dependent on my looks and that losing my like amazing boobs and my fantastic hair was going to cement this old subconscious belief that I, Lise Wilcox, I can't even say my name, I, Lise Wilcox, was not, in fact, lovable. And it was like this weird, shadowy, primordial place way deep down inside of me was like happy. It was like, aha, I'm right. I finally, despite all of your work and all your growth and all your hard choices and all your grace and all your resiliency, finally, I'm going to be able to prove you wrong and prove myself right that you are, in fact, unlovable. This is like a nasty conversation to have with yourself and at the same time, incredibly insightful and incredibly revealing. Because as with anything, once you are able to name something, you take away its power. When you can name it, you can get rid of the shame. And it's really empowering to feel that even when you have, even when the feelings are like, oh my God, my self-worth is way lower than I thought it was. And like, what am I going to do to heal this? So that for me, that conversation I had with myself and the growth work that, um, and the, the healing really, wow, the healing work that I did after that as a result of that like inner conversation that was so valuable because it also it it really shone this huge light on what body positivity means and as I said it really means self-acceptance because 
I value freedom. I value peace. I value love. I deeply desire union, companionship, partnership, um, really that like gut busting love. And having this deep subconscious belief that I was actually unlovable or unworthy of love and that any lovability I had was dependent on my looks, that's like a huge conflict, right? That's a huge inner conflict to have. So unwittingly, I'd been at war with myself because I had two diametrically opposed beliefs. So this was a really illuminating conversation that I had. And, um, and again, to reiterate, it just like blew my mind that when we're talking about body positivity, we are talking about how to really accept ourselves. We're, we're going beyond self-love and we're going beyond like everybody is a good body to this deep place of, listen, this is the body that God gave you. This is the, your body is this vessel that its only job is to work in symbiosis with this incredible soul that is here on this planet in this moment. And all they have to do is work in unison together. We all get different models of this body, different like versions, different shapes, different sizes. And it is not a reality to think we're all going to be the same because none of us is the same. We're all having a very similar emotional experience, but our physical experience happens in a number of different ways. And when I started paying attention or paying more attention to body positivity on the internet, I realized this is a conversation we're not having. You know, a lot of the BOPO stuff is really like, you can be heavy and still love yourself. You can be fat and still love yourself. You can be curvy and still love yourself. You can be skinny and still love yourself. And it always comes down to, uh, well, who are you to even say that because you're really thin? Or who are you you to even say that because you're really overweight and you therefore are unhealthy? There are all these like really weird, distorted messages and comments that will follow anybody's post of any kind surrounding body positivity because we're missing the message. And the real message is not about your shape or your weight or your size or your color or your ability. It is about your ability to accept yourself exactly as you are. So think about that for a second. To truly love yourself unconditionally, like that really means to love yourself without condition, not to love yourself and, you know, and be like, oh, I love myself, but I'd love myself more if I were 30 pounds lighter. You know, I really love myself and I think I'm awesome, but man, I think I'd be even more awesome if my boobs were two sizes bigger. Like that, that's not healthy patterning. If that's where your state of mind is at, that's where we need some work. A woman's body is designed to evolve over the course of her life. Listen to that again. A woman's body is designed to evolve over the course of her life. We are not meant to have a static body. We are not meant to stay the same. I don't know about you, but like I went through puberty when I was, I don't know, what was that, age 12? Like I'm going to say grade six. And, you know, I grew into this new body. I've, I'm about, well, I say I'm 5'9", but I'm about 5'8 and a half. But can you blame a girl for rounding up? I'm like six feet in heels. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm a solid 5'8". I'm not going to lie. Um, 
I have been a, a, a solid 5'8", if not a little taller, since I was 12. Like, I grew so fast. I grew so fast. I remember being at school dances in, like, junior high or... Um, uh, upper elementary, um, I was taller than all the boys because I grew so damn fast. I had boobs pretty early. Um, my feet were a size eight until like, my gosh, for most of my life until I got pregnant with my first baby and that's when they grew. Um, but I grew like really fast into this brand new kind of long gangly body. And then in my 20s, I went through a second puberty. Like all of a sudden, I had curves where I didn't have curves before. Um, some of that was definitely like university-related weight gain. Um, more of it was related to weight gain I experienced from working at an amazing bakery full-time while I paid for school. Um, and I would like, I went to school full-time, but my classes didn't start till the afternoon. So I had this amazing experience of going to work in this bakery and cafe where I like learned how to cook and how to eat. Um, and I opened the store. I opened the retail store, um, gosh, probably five days a week. And I would go in at like 5.30 or 6 in the morning, pain au chocolat, croissant, they're coming fresh out of the oven. So I'd make myself a latte and eat my, eat my pastry. And I'd basically eat all shift because we were really encouraged to, um, uh, to know exactly what it was that we were selling. So I developed this huge appreciation for food and I gained about 30 pounds in the midst of it. So yes, some of my second puberty was, and my curviness was related to that too. But nonetheless, I really did experience this like very changed body once again. Well, you know, fast forward a few years later and I got pregnant for the first time in my late 20s, about 28, 29. And, you know, if you've ever been pregnant before, um, your body changes dramatically. And after you have the baby, it's like there's this misnomer that we're like, well, you got to get back to your pre-baby body. Uh, no. This does not exist. This is not a thing that happens to women. There is no going back to a pre-baby body. That is literally the equivalent of saying, well, you have to get back to your pre-puberty body. No, because as far as we know, you cannot reverse time. There is no going back. This is a fallacy that people have created to sell you their shit. Like, that's it. This is a sales pitch. This is a total marketing scam to, quote unquote, get back to your pre-baby body. Once you have birthed a child, and then when you've birthed more children after that, this is your new body. It is stretched. You will have stretch marks from having accommodated, growing a damn person inside of you for the better part of a year. Your breasts are going to look and feel significantly different having nourished a person, like a human being, for a year of their lives, if not more. Your body is designed to change. Your body is not designed to grow in reverse. It is designed to evolve with you as your soul and persona and character as that evolves over the course of a lifetime, so does your body. And I don't know why we fight it so hard. There is a natural course of evolution to our lives. When we learn to flow with it, everything gets better. As we get older, we really learn to accept different things about ourselves, you know, like 
I used to really be highly apologetic for how sensitive I was and how emotional I was. I had been criticized for that my entire life. Like, oh, Lise, you're just so sensitive. Oh, stop taking it so personally. It's not a big deal. You're just too emotional. And I really, I had so much shame about my ability to feel that I would just bury it and I would hide it. And I started reaching for things to not feel it. You know, you can flip back to my previous episode on alcohol dependency and how that becomes a real problem real fast. Um, I, I went to these great lengths to not admit how I was truly feeling because I had shame around being a sensitive person. As I grew older, as I matured, as I be, as I came into my own, as I got more and more comfortable with who I am, I was able to get comfortable with every part of who I am and not fight the stuff that makes me me, but really celebrate the stuff that makes me me. And I have taken that like ridiculously high emotional intelligence and that ability to feel compassion and empathy for my fellow human beings. I've turned it into my business. Had I kept fighting, like I get the shivers when I even think about this. Had I fought that, if I had continued to fight that for any longer, I would not be where I am today. I would not have the levels of happiness and and sense of achievement and sense of inner peace that I have today. All I had to do was lean into being myself and accepting myself for who that woman was, who that woman is. A lot of people can get behind this messaging, right? Just being themselves. We read all the same books. We do all the same courses. We listen to all the same podcasts, all in the spirit of getting very comfortable in being ourselves. I have said before, I will say again, being yourself is the greatest gift you can give to the world. By being yourself, like that is, this is what I talk to all my coaching clients about. When you give yourself the permission to show up fully as you are, your relationships get better, your business gets better, your parenting gets better. Like every, you attract more opportunities. Your soul has made an agreement to have a particular experience on this earth. And when you lean into being who you are, you are able to flow with that plan and do exactly what it is you need to do. Not what you think you should do, not what somebody else thinks you should do or expects of you, but what you alone are meant here to do. So most of us can get behind this as like solid, legit personal growth and development. So why, my darling, are we fighting it so hard when it comes to our bodies? Our bodies too are meant to change and grow and evolve as we change and grow and evolve. That is the natural order. And I cannot say loudly enough that anybody who tries to convince you of the opposite is trying to sell you something, trying to sell you something that doesn't exist. So when you're thinking about body positivity, it's not about like, well, you know, I guess it's okay for me to be fat. I guess I can still love myself anyway. Well, I guess it's okay for me to be really thin. I guess I can still still love myself anyway. Well, I guess this is the body that I have. I guess I can love it. That is not the conversation at all. That is That already, it's not an easy conversation to have on its own, but it's actually the easier of the two conversations. The second one being the real one, which is talking about 
I don't accept myself as I am and I have to figure out why that is. Because that, my sweetheart, that is the conversation. When there is an underlying issue of disordered eating, disordered thinking, disordered um, imagery around your body, body dysmorphia, when there's any kind of distortion around that, the real question to ask is how do I feel in my own skin, my own literal skin? If I am uncomfortable in that skin, I have to ask myself why that is. And when I ask myself why that is, that is when the real healing begins. That is when you get way deep into your subconscious mind and figure out uh, what seed was planted, maybe in your own life, maybe while you were still in the womb, maybe even before that. It could be a generational thing that's been handed down to you genetically. You have to figure out where that seed got planted what the story is that it's been telling you for a lifetime and if that story aligns with what you know to be true. And if it does not align with what you know to be true or even what you want to be true, then you need to do the work. You have a responsibility to yourself and to your, to yourself and to your world. Because again, like being you is the most important thing you can do. Um, you have a responsibility to do that work. It is not about numbers on a scale. It is not about what clothes fit you best. It is not about this curve or that curve or this, an absence of a curve. It's not about wrinkles. It's not about how your skin sits. It's not about what your hair looks like. It's not about the color of anything. It is about accepting you fully and completely as you are. And that is a much harder conversation to have with yourself but oh my gosh, it's so freeing when you have the courage to actually have that conversation and move forward from there. So big breath. What does that mean? Like what next? Well, what next is just having that conversation with yourself and, you know, watch what you're consuming in terms of the messaging around you. What messages, what, what stories are you engaging in that support or um, that, I guess, but prove or disprove what you believe to be true inside? You know, how are you showing up? How do you feel? What's your comfort level with yourself? And, and what does that look like? What does it feel like? You know, What's motivating your behavior when you're eating, drinking, playing, socializing, shopping? Like what is motivating your behavior? What are all those messages? And if you want to start changing them because those messages don't sound kind or loving to yourself, that's a, that's a great time to reach out. You know, you can reach out to me for coaching. You can reach out to a number of people for a number of ways to support you, but when you know what's motivating your behavior, if it if it's something if something's motivating you that is again unkind words, unkind thoughts that's pushing you in the wrong direction for the wrong reasons, that can be undone. 
You can absolutely undo that. You might just need the support to help you with like a sounding board or a guide, a coach, a facilitator to figure out where that initial initial message ugh, initial messaging comes from and how we get up there and reprogram it. That's what like the base of my neuro-linguistic programming work is. Where does this belief come from and how do we reprogram reprogram it so that we can change our beliefs, which change our thoughts, which in turn changes our behavior. And all of that moves us forward to being the most genuine version of who we are, exactly as we are for ourselves, not for anybody else, but to really start with loving ourselves so fully and deeply that we appreciate we are a person of value. We are a person who is worthy of love. We are a person who is allowed to show up as ourselves without apologizing for it. You know, that's that's what the body positivity conversation is really about. It's about unconditional acceptance of self. If this resonates with you, if this plants that seed and like makes the difference in your life or invites you to have a bigger conversation with somebody around you, man, that makes me so happy. If you would like to, if you, if you feel comfortable sharing a photo of yourself listening or doing a screenshot of you listening to this, tag me on Instagram at Lise Wilcox, share it with your friends, like, subscribe, comment, leave a review, do all the things to really help get this messaging out to more and more people. This is a message for all people. It's especially for women. It's man, it's really for women who are raising children because we've got like a second generation at our fingertips that we're helping mold and shape. And when we say things like, oh, look at that chubby baby with those thunder thighs coming booming towards me. That's not really helping the problem here, folks. That is like, that's assigning a physical quality and a physical characteristic and judgment to that physicality from early days. So when you have children in your family, and I don't just mean your own, I'm talking about like nieces, nephews, friends, all the, when you're like a, a, a godparent, all those relationships, like we are raising this little village. We are raising this community of people and it really is our job to love ourselves so fully that we can model that behavior for a next generation and they can model it for the generation after that. We always have a choice as to how we show up and how we act, how we behave. This is a part of that. Like this is the work that is a part of it is choosing to do it differently, choosing to believe differently, choosing to be ourselves and be so unconditionally accepting and grateful for that person that we have no choice just to continuously be ourselves and pass on that like frequency of loving yourself to everybody who comes after us. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I hope you get a lot out of this and I do hope you share it with your pals. Um, I just think you are so lovely and I hope you have a wonderful day. Mwah.